Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Compassion Before Judgment podcast. Welcome to the show. The podcast is hosted by my mom, Jagdeep Hare. Hello, everybody. Here we are again. Uh, today, I have a guest with me, Kim Siegel, who is a certified health and life coach. She helps people with cancer and chronic disease live a life of no regrets. She's been an RN for 32 years. Welcome, Kim. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So, Kim, when you and I talked, we had um, we had a conversation about how to support our loved ones going through an illness or when they're sick. So I think that would be great to um, bring to the listeners today. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much that we can help somebody through that through that process of um, chronic disease, and it, and it doesn't have to be just cancer. I mean, it can be through um, through life and um, through those last years. I mean, we are always on our our life journey toward death and sometimes we forget that that this is um living a life that we we don't want to that we don't want to regret and that we get get to the end of life and go what was my purpose what was I meant to have so I I think it's a great great thing to to remember that yeah absolutely so tell us a little bit about yourself how you've done this in your career in your life like well what would you like to share with us? Yeah, well, I, um, I've like we said, lived, worked at a hospital for uh, 32 years. I've um, done, worked on the cancer floor for 18 years. I did hospice for a while. I um, work on the open heart unit right now and have got into um, life coaching and how to help people uh, live their best life because sometimes you don't think about your life until you're faced with death until you're faced or you see it in other people and go, huh, is this how I want to live my, my life? Am I living my best life for me? Right. Exactly. Right. It's that looking back and, and having those regrets when you're almost on your deathbed, pretty much. Right. And we want people to look at it before they get there. Okay. So how do people do this? What do we do? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, Kim, what do we do? Right, right. (laughs) Well, you know, um, talking about others and how we can support others, because there's different things that we do for family that is looking at a chronic illness and looking at ourselves and what we can do for our, you know, for ourselves. So looking for others, we can um, make sure that we tell them um, that they are loved before they get too sick to be able to hear it. And before that you can, you know, say, you know, tell them I love you, you know, you're going to be very missed, you know, I'm sorry for xyz getting those things off your chest and and telling them what you want to tell them right before it's too late 
Right. And when we talked, you had mentioned um, bringing up memories like when they're in that transition period. Absolutely. You know, I I've taken care of so many people that are going, why aren't they going They're, You know, their body has shut down and, you know, all the family is around them. And my thought is that. It, it's more about the family than it is about the person going to the other side. It is about that they need time to develop those relationships, to see each other, to have um, connections, and that that person is thing that we ever lose is our hearing when we're passing away they but just are so tired and so exhausted that the body is conserving energy so a lot of times it takes a lot of work for them to wake up their brain enough to say something to speak to the people that are there to love on them but they can lay there and they're listening to the conversations that are happening in the room with them. And I think that, you know, when I've gone there to support families in those situations is I am the new ear. I haven't heard Uncle Joe's story about, my goodness, he was such a good fisherman or he um, loved to go grod sailing and that was huge for him. Uh, or his crazy fishing stories. So they are listening to to them share the stories of of good memories or, you know what, they were such a good, you know, mentor for me or, you know, I had so much fun with them. But, you know, they get to listen to these. And so many times the people in the room have heard all these stories, but I'm the new ear right. that haven't heard those yet. <clears throat> So how does this work? Like when, as you're saying this, um, I'm thinking, I mean, that sounds amazing. If everybody, you know, had that compassion and wanted to be there in that way and listen to this. But a lot of the times the the nurses or, you know, they're, they're just, they don't want to hear it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, they're like on to the next patient or they're, you know. Um, so do you find in your career, like, where, where does compassion come into this because mm. compassion is the biggest thing and whether it's someone sick or, or whatever it is that is what we really need because at the end of the day there's only so much physical support that we can provide but that compassion and the moral support really does speak volumes doesn't it it does it does and I feel feel like people that I have worked with and and people go into, I guess you can call it business, go into that area um, with their own story, that a lot of times they do have compassion for people that are, they have lived that or they have decided to go into it because of um, their their story. They have a story behind them too. The nurses, the right. um they, they know and can feel that. And I just, you know, I love looking at the families and see their shoulders drop, see Mm -hmm. them relax when they can realize what's going on. This may be the first time, you know, that they have 
have been around someone that is is crossing over to the other side first time that they've ever um I, I've been told before I've never gone to a funeral and I'm scared well, yeah right mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I um I got a phone call at the beginning of my shift and this is more nursing than than coaching but um I got a phone call right at the beginning where I'm really busy and I answered the phone and it's the, the wife. And she says, my husband's going home tomorrow and I've never been around death ever. My parents said that they couldn't, um, that I wasn't allowed to go to the funerals when I was a child. They were protecting me from this and scared to take my husband home tomorrow. Well, everything had to stop. That was just like, okay, I'm connecting to you. I am giving you compassion and love. Mm. And what do you need? Oh, that's, that's really heartwarming. Yeah. Well, and it needed to happen, you know, and, and to listen to another human, just the scaredness and to feel her going, okay, yeah, I can do this. I, I can, I, you know, this is what, what I'm looking at. This is how this is going to look, you know, you're not by yourself, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's important. It is. And I love that, that you took that moment to make that connection and, and give her that, that comfort really, because you, you, there's only so much you can do, like I said, for someone else, but just being present is all it is, isn't it? Absolutely. And and also when you mentioned, you just see their shoulders drop. Mm. I mean, that is, we are right. We've got our shoulders up to our ears because we're so tense and we're holding all this stuff inside. And it's just like, even when we take those few deep breaths, we just see our shoulders drop or feel the weight come off Mm. but just to be aware of that right there because we all go about like you said we all have our own story so we all go about so stuck in our own story though that when we can take those few minutes to just separate from it and feel someone else's or kind of get on someone else's map it really does make such a difference it it really does because someone else may have gone to gone to funerals felt comfortable with that some people feel and some people don't some people have different different ways of looking at that I will never see them again or other people have peace that this is a transition even that part of the story is different for every everybody yeah and what you just said as well, I mean, for some people, you know, they have never been to a funeral before. I mean, I remember for me, the first person whose funeral I went to was my grandma in 1995. And my grandma lived with us. And I remember like, you know, um, she wasn't really sick. You know, she did have a stroke and then she went into the hospital and she passed very quickly. But that was one of the first funerals I went to. And I mean, I remember it so, you know, in my mind, like it was yesterday, but it was, it, it was scary because you just don't know, you, you know, as you, like children, I mean, you're the person there that you're talking about. She's right. She, her parents always protected her because mm-hmm. that's what we try and do is 
we think that we're protecting, which in a way, yes, we don't want to expose children to things that they can't really make sense of. But, you know, it now it was facing her right there. It was in her face and she had to deal with it and she was scared. And that's what happens, right? When we're faced with something, we're scared and we don't know what to do. And when there's someone like you who kind of comes in and brings in that compassion and that connection, it just feels like I can get through this because there's someone here to support me, yeah. right? And which is, which is huge. Yeah, it's, it's the, the unknown. Anytime when you go into that unknown space, it's scary. And if you can have somebody with you to talk you through and to let you know, okay, this is going to happen or you can do this or, um, you know, making those memories ahead of time. I had a um, girlfriend that passed away of a brain tumor and my kids, she had three children. She passed away very young. Her youngest one was in kindergarten and was diagnosed why she was in the hospital right after she had the baby the day after baby was one day old and was diagnosed yes was diagnosed with a brain tumor um and her three kids and my two kids would go and play together and we would make memories I said we're gonna make a memory for Dina every day and we would do something and a lot of times when it's repetitious it sticks a little bit more and when you do things that's every you know every day or on a certain day of the week a big thing that Dina liked which is very odd but she loved a chocolate coke and we were I know very odd but after she had passed away my daughter, we went, uh, we were on vacation and we were at um, a place that had um, special drinks. And she just, she thought, and she goes, I think I want to have a cherry uh, chocolate Coke to remember Dina, just out of the blue. Oh, that's so nice. Yes. And it's making those memories so that you can respect and you can remember them in a, in a warm heart place right Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of comes in what comes in here as well is that living with no regrets right because we're all on this fast speed like go 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 we're trying to achieve we're trying to you know do all this stuff but really not not to be a Debbie Downer but there are no guarantees right we don't know when our time is up and when we're just in that fast moving, go, 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 we're not really present. That's when, when we do have things that happen, when, why we have the regrets. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to always live in the present, you know, but as much as we can bring ourselves back, even if it's in the middle of chaos and it's because, because what happens is when we're in the middle of chaos or in the middle of that unknown I think is when we feel the most scared because we literally don't know what the next steps are. We know we have to do something, but we just have no clue what to do. And that's where we almost feel like paralyzed. But in our day, if as much as possible, we can come back to the right now and just try to make those little memories. Because like you said, like your daughter remembered the chocolate Coke, it's, like she's gone, like your friend is gone now, but that memory's still there. So it's when we take those 
little moments to make those memories, they do last even after we're gone. That's right. It's it's the memories that 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 you can you can gain because it was kind of repetitious or something, you know, just like Uncle Joe always fished. Making memories with the fishing. You remember the different things, you know, a sicker person, you know, setting and fishing is something easy to do. What can we do? You know what? They're not feeling well. We could play cards with them. We could crochet with them. What do they, what do they love to do? I'll bring my dog over to visit because they're an animal lover and I will make memories by bringing the dog and, and, you know, think of things that you can give the person that is ill joy. What can you bring to them? Make memories for yourself and also for them. Right. Yeah, that's that's amazing right there. Um, I also think what's so important to remember as we go about in our day to day is when think about when we do have a connection with someone, they could do the smallest thing, but we remember that like, say if we're out walking or at the grocery store and we're having a bad day or whatever's going on, our mind is just, you know, going crazy. And if someone even stops to give us a compliment or smile at us, like that can, in the, as we go about the rest of our day, we kind of remember that it kind of like shifts, you know, it's that, it's that little connection that we can make to have an impact. Like it doesn't always have to be like, oh, we have to go away on vacation or we have to go do these big things. It can be the smallest things that make a shift and make a difference and just really brighten up someone's day because we really don't know what anybody's going through. We all have so much in our lives. There is no comparison. There is no competition. There is no end destination. But it's just taking those small moments in the day to make those really small memories that you will be remembered by. Absolutely. You know, and I think that if you think everybody has, if you think of like a bubble above their head, they're, they're talking and they have their story running through their head and we don't know what spot they're at. So a smile, a great gesture, those things maybe brighten their day and maybe what they, what they need, because you don't know where they're at at that, at that moment in their life. Yeah, or in their story, like like you just mentioned, that bubble above their head. We just don't know. We don't know. It's kind of like when you see someone being triggered by the smallest thing. Right. We don't know what's brought them to that. And we judge them by going, oh, my God, look at how he or she is acting. Right. It wasn't even a big deal. But we don't know what's led them to that point of having that reaction or we don't know what's going on inside that they're holding or trying to get through. Like, we just don't know. No, but we're so quick to judge and go, what? Like, you know, we we do, we judge, we're human. Well, you know, I love the thought that we respond to, we don't, instead of saying what's wrong with that person saying what has happened to that person. Mm, I love that. That is huge. Instead of judging them, you know, they did that. They reacted. They jumped off the handle so quickly. 
but what has happened to them that that's the way that they want to respond, they want to react to? Right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really nice. I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kim. You mentioned you have a few books that you want to share with the listeners. Yes. Um. <laughs> You know, one thing that I'm going to say really quickly is that we didn't touch on, um, that I would like to touch on, is about a a living funeral, is doing something for the person that you know has six months a year or has had a diagnosis. It doesn't even have to be right there at the end, but to shower them and tell them why they're loved and either do a card shower or a letter shower or, you know, being as a group or doing a Zoom call and letting them, their friends and family, tell them how important they are into, into their life. And so with that, there are two books. One is Parting Ways uh, by Dennis um, Carlson. And, you know, how to say goodbye with with love and compassion. Well, I mean, that's it. And then the other book that I absolutely think is is fabulous is The Top Five Regrets of the Dying and uh, by Bronnie uh, Ware. Right. And, and there are, you know, you, it makes you look at, how you're living your life up to that point. How do you want to live your life so that when you get closer to the end, when you, your life ends, you're not going, man. And everybody, the other thing is everybody dreams differently. Mm-hmm. You know, my, 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 you know, I may say, you know what? I would love to ride across the United States on a bicycle, you know, and somebody else would go, That sounds horrible, (laughs) right? And so everybody's dreams is different. So somebody else would say, oh my gosh, you know, I would love to have the most beautiful garden at my house. That and to learn about the flowers and doing that would just give me joy or a certain vacation. Right. You know, it's, we come different maps and we come from different places and have different dreams and it we're all you know a fingerprint we're all different in so many ways and our live life with no regrets is endless and different for all people yeah absolutely um Thank you for sharing those two books. Um, I know that you love, love to uh, ride your bike. <laughs> so that was, that's, you know, thanks for adding that in. The flowers did make me smile. I love flowers and I love being out in the nature. So that would be me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just everybody, you've got, you know, explore. And I feel like so many people dream small. Instead of looking to where you want, instead of going, oh, I couldn't do that, dream big and then figure out how you can get there. That limit, don't limit yourself. Dream big and say, I would love, you know, I'd love to go 
overseas. I'd love to go here. I'd love to go there. Not how is that going to happen? Right. Because we get stuck in the how and then we, we disable ourselves from, well, I can't do that. That's not going to happen. And then we, we block ourselves from it even happening. Right. And a lot of times if you, and I've heard you say this on other podcasts, we put it out into the universe what we want and then we don't know what the lineup is going to be you know it's it's going to different things are going to line up to make that happen yes definitely because when we want something we kind of look at this is what I want but this is how I want it but when we put it out there and we just let the universe figure out There are so many other ways to get us there. And when it's time, we want to do it on our time, but that's not really how it works. (laughs) Unfortunately. Very true. Well, this was great, Kim. Thank you so much for your time. I will add those two books into the descriptions. If anybody does want, is interested in those books and they want to have a read, then they will be in there. Um, where can the listeners find you? Yes, I'm on, um, Instagram so they could DM me there. I'm at Kim.CancerCoach. And I also have a Facebook group called Chronic Disease Coach. Perfect. And I will add those in as well. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to end it with saying, hey, let's go out in our day and, See what's one memory that we can make today. It doesn't have to be something big, but even just take out five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever you can, and do something with a loved one or anybody that you can to just make a memory or make a difference today. Because if we're all here, we're listening, there's always something that we can do in our day to to, you know, to make ourselves smile or make someone else Absolutely. smile. And we may think it's very small, but as you saw with my daughter, it, um, those small things stick. They do, definitely. Thank you so much, Kim, for your time. This was great. Yes, well, thank you so much. It was a joy to be on here. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you have any suggestions, we would love to hear from you.